Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Women on Top in India, powered by Ladies Who Lead. To succeed as an entrepreneur with no MBA, no business background, and in a space dominated by fresh-faced IIT and IIM graduates, while being a single mother is no easy feat. However, Preeta Suktankar, founder of lifestyle brand The Label Life, didn't just do it, she excelled at it. Today, she's here with us to take us through that journey, the ups, downs, and everything in between. Welcome to the show, Preeta. Hello, Preeta. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, hello, Gauri. What's up? Finally, we get you here after much cajoling and <laughs> appointment booking. You really didn't have to cajole me much. I'll do anything you want me to do, Gauri. Well, listen, uh, I think, uh, you know, you are in a great situation right now because obviously you've just um, uh, sold your first baby, which is the label life. And, um, you know, while while you've uh, sold that, I want to obviously pick your brains about that entire journey and, you know, from conception to uh, to acquisition. And uh, so let's let's kick off with that. So tell us about the label life and how on earth it started. Of course, you were a journalist before that. So what on earth made you make the entrepreneurial <laughs> switch? <laughs> what crazy uh, <laughs> idea did you have? So gaudy, uh, so many reactions to that. So I'll take one by one. Um, you know, for the very first thing I want to say is, and you'll agree, is that we all are a bit crazy, right? I mean, that's the only way we do what we do. Um, delusion comes with the job description, I guess. Um, I always tell people that uh, if founders really were as smart as uh, most folks would be, we wouldn't do what we do, right? So, um, so yes. Don't ask me why uh, the move from being a journalist to here. I actually don't know. Um, But I do think that I reached a place uh, in my career where I had been with, uh, you know, say, different publications. And I could see that uh, content was sort of not going to be king anymore. Um, I could tell that um, uh, brands were going to have a voice themselves. Uh, And now Mm -hmm. as we see it, not only do brands have a voice, people, you know, as we call them influencers, but every person has become a content machine. And honestly, some of them are way better than um, what even age-old publications do, right? Um, Call me, I don't know, astrologer or a fortune teller, but I sort of saw that coming a few years back when I decided not to be in the content slash publishing business anymore and thought that, um, you know, I should build a brand that could do the same thing and content could connect um, with the customer and the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, you know, uh, most of the brands that sort of uh, existed back then, this is pre-Label Life and, you know, Label Life was uh, the only thing I think we can be credited for is we were one of the first D2C brands, right? Now everybody, you know, D2C rolls off everybody's tongue very easy. But uh, when we started, we were... Um, one of the first uh, fashion D2C brands, right? Uh, The first, I would say. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at that point, it was not only um, 
I mean, it wasn't actually at all a budget or a marketing thing. It was the only way we knew how, right? We wanted to build um, a content, connect with the consumer. And um, the team that built it was from a publishing background as well, similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it made a lot of sense as a journalist, basically, to move into content uh, for me. But tell me, just reasons. sort of... So you know uh, that's that's really interesting and but at the end of the day you you were sort of it was about a product right it's it's um it was fashion so how did you kind of curate the collection so so obviously uh, Gauri, we had a professional team of same merchandisers and buyers and things but but what the premise of the label life was and still is is that it was democratizing um, fashion right so as um, you know I have spent time at L and L'Officiel and 17 and many pub fashion publications as such what I realized this was uh, mind you this was just when Zara and H&M were coming in and mm-hmm. Pre that, we just had, you know, uh, as I say, more and more Paisley uh, collections, right? <laughs> Across all right. supposed ready-to-wear brands, Paisley was everywhere. And um, there weren't that many Western, um, right. uh, Western options. Wear options. So when Label Life came into being, what we were trying to present to the customer was, you know, everyday wear for the um, working woman. I mean, as simple yeah. as that. Now, of course, they're about... 5,000 brands across Instagram <laughs> providing the same thing. Yeah, but it yeah. was unique then. Um, so, it, you know, curation wasn't so hard. I'll be, you know, it's just not just being honest, it's being real. I mean, you couldn't even find a, you still can't, by the way, find a perfect white shirt or the well-fitted mm. black dress. Um, for us, uh, it was not less of fashion and more of really staples. Um, right. So that's what we had set out to build. So it's fairly the same offering today, um, and yeah. but there's just a lot of lot more choice. Selling bit, and you said selling the baby bit, right? Um, no, I'll come to that. I'll come to that. <laughs> but before, uh, you know, I mean, obviously that's the exciting bit, uh, the most sort of um, the, the recent excitement. But well before that, uh, I want to actually. Uh, you know, talk about the fact that you brought on sort of three very, um, you know, prominent faces, celebrity faces as brand ambassadors for yes, the label life. Yes. Um, was that something that you had from inception or was it something that triggered that sort of along the journey because you, uh, you know, there was a need for it no actually that was the story from the very beginning Um, in fact it was supposed to be far deeper Um, you know the original idea uh, of the label corp which is the mother company of the label life was to really set up different labels with different celebrities yeah Uh, given my background in the business uh, I actually thought it we there was a dearth of um, you know, like, for example, how there's a skims and then, I mean, people are doing it all over again hmm. now. Uh, at that point, nobody was doing it. But um, So like celebrity endorsed sort of yeah. style, uh, now which, was, which was, they were known for. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but very quickly on, we realized that the idea was a little before its time. And also driving customers uh, 
uh, to uh, you know different destinations i mean really godi i can be absolutely candid when i say this because also because i want a lot of people to realize this is the only way businesses can be built right i don't know what cac or customer or cost of acquisition meant i didn't know what seo was scm was um i was actually uh, curating it because those days cura was big i still like i used to go into uh, venture capital meetings i didn't even know what vc stood for i kid you not <laughs> so when i started this business um i had my angel investor harish chavla who now is of course a prolific uh, investor dude but at that point i went to him and say ye idea hai and he said okay hmm. i'll give you 10 lakhs and i said okay i mean for me 10 lakhs i thought was going to last <laughs> a long while yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was quite ridiculous um and then i said oh i'll get my friends and family to tweet and retweet and people will come i don't have to send traffic i don't have to then repeat traffic and none of this actually we thought was a issue in fact the very first um, wireframe for the label life was uh, i know nobody still doing it but uh, was quite lovely it looked like a magazine and had these very beautiful layouts and if you sort of hover the mouse around uh, it you could actually buy the look right and by the way you couldn't buy individual looks you had to buy the full look so i don't know what we were thinking Are again <laughs> <laughs> we thought like of course people will buy the style we were giving them why not um you know so lot of iterations a lot of uh, changes and um so i actually feel like you know people should just start you know they should not really mm. uh, deep dive because the minute you start deep diving you you get like what we call you're paralyzed right with all the uh, information that you get in um but yes so what but you know you know when you were starting like this i mean mm-hmm. since you mentioned having an angel investor how did you figure out how much like you should give him for your for that 10 lakhs i or, didn't actually uh, even so uh, okay. i didn't um, you know so because harish is somebody who's i've known for a while and this is great advice because i'm on my next zero to one and now of course it's a completely different story i mean yeah. um we'll get to that but it's a very different story being a second time founder i mean um across the board i mean there are many second time founders in the system right now and they've they had all told me it's going to be a breeze to raise money i mean it's quite uh, it's quite contrary to what my earlier experience was right once you've sort of built a brand and people sort of know you the second time around is like I mean I won't I won't say people are throwing money at me I wish but mm. it is almost that uh, easy because you know you've sort of built a business you've sold it so people sure. people think you um, might not you know spend all the money screw it up this though, time yeah <laughs> though who knows no who knows never say never <laughs> um but yeah so th- th- no, I think no but like going back to that first time like how how did you kind of you know how did no, you so i think one of the things that, that uh, wasn't held in good stead for me and actually uh, makes a lot of sense for everyone even given the environment today is that just ensure that you're making money out of every product i mean it's actually that simple you know maybe it was my maharashtrian middle class mindset i don't know what it was but you know i i definitely 
uh, till the day we sold, uh, we were always CM3 positive, right? By CM3 positive, marketing positive, you know, you can never, you can never guarantee whether you're, when you're in the growth stage, you're going to be uh, a beta positive. But I, I do mm-hmm. think at least if you can stay marketing positive and not spend more than what you make for your COGS, right? Um, I think it makes sense to build a business that simply then. Um, yeah, and that's actually a question that a lot of people have, including in my industry, you know, especially when hmm. delivery has become such a big thing, right? So we're now getting into D2C in a different way um, with delivery. And a lot of people have this question is like, how much should I spend on marketing, and especially yeah. when it's a digital, uh, you know, digitally driven business. So uh, I think there's no right answer other than saying, as you said, that don't you know, don't go into a loss-making position just because it's not just loss-making, you know, Gauri. What ends up happening with people is that because the Instagram algorithm and social media from where we all sit today um, is just uh, gaming us as brands so badly uh, that people sort of get caught in that web, right? And um, I've had so many people tell me that, oh, okay, I have 75,000 followers. um, But you know, I have 20 orders a day. And I'm like, You're, you may be proud of having that 75,000 followers, but uh, that if that's not, if that's translating to like 20 orders a day, you need to really look at what those 75,000 followers are up to, you know, either, mm. um, um, either clean up, work harder on your content, you know, uh, follow the funnel in the sense of, you know, for the full flow from, when you post a story to how many people actually um, transact, abandon cart, you know, actually uh, follow through the whole funnel, right? And you learn because yeah. somewhere you'll find that's broken, you know. I feel like people are not uh, following the customer journey very stringently and looking at it hard enough, right? Obviously, the larger companies, and I'm not talking for uh, even our size ARR, but I'm talking, or you know, forget the mamats and the sugars and guys who've always had their 20 million checks from the beginning, right? Um, I'm talking the guys who, about the guys who hopefully are um, starting off right now and maybe already have a couple of orders uh, a day, right? I think that there's no hurry. You know, I think the, mm. the other thing that media is doing to us today and it's it comes in waves, like, as you know, right now, people are again in the process of letting people go and we're back in recession and the whole, uh, you know, drama starts again. Um, I think stop reading this, uh, um, you know, this whole thing that people, unicorns and um, 50 million fundraisers IPOs and, and IPOs yeah, I mean yeah. that's one in a million stories right um, I don't know if you've yeah. seen the WeWork documentary recently everybody should um, yes of course you, know, you can you can totally tell that a lot of this is just gamed right um, and it's um, very very easy to get sucked in but finally the businesses that survive are the ones that really put their heads down and uh, fix things from the very beginning, right? So, sorry, I long story cut short, 20 to 30% is what you should be looking at uh, spending on your marketing. Even the best do 18 to 20, and I don't know who they are. Um, I was on my phone and you lost me. Okay, only old school brands, and I would say maybe a book my show 
um i want to say even now a carrot lane who i really admire um there are very few guys who have cracked this customer cost of acquisition right but mostly the make my trips clear trips book my shows all the old school guys have now just reached a steady state but um in the new businesses i think uh i know that sugar is doing a phenomenal job but they have done a great job out of content and influencer uh marketing right and um i think that's where everybody should focus on today but i think that you know uh, and i always have this question in again our business with reference to our business is that marketing is definitely something that you have to do well uh, and you have to invest in but you also have to have a great product right because marketing can only take you so far um yeah so <laughs> of course i'm hoping that's needless to say gauri but 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 there's so many restaurants especially as you would know people throng to and uh, you know a few even right now where the food is not great but that that those guys don't last unlike you know you guys what did you sort of do to uh, ensure that product quality and you know was this just about how you sourced product and who you worked with and you know um what did you do to kind you of know, establish be, uh, that to be to be fair gauri i i still think that um besides the product really uh, being uh, you know what it was i think for us marketing really won right by marketing i would like to put emphasis on content only because i think most people sort of like the fact that we spoke to the customer and not at the customer we sort of related to the customer we we the way we wrote our copy in the early days uh the fact that we had the three style editors really not be faces or brand ambassadors but you know talk about how the dress was fitting them or wore it in their everyday life i think those things helped us um and then of course the delight of the product being exactly what it looked like mm. right on the um, so i'll tell you one of the things that we were very conscious about doing is we would say that um, note that this is a crease free pant uh, and can be worn by a large person fits larger mm. you know um, we we sort of gave that away works best for curvy bodies uh, works best for top heavy women um and we tried to do that honestly again gauri i would have done a much better job had i had the money and um there was a lot more ideating involved and we wanted to do uh, you know in the early days we had a lot of ideas like um we wanted to fit classes when we opened um you know by you know what i mean by not fit classes but like we had masters and being able to really style the product better in house and uh, then later we wanted to have classes master classes say with the malaika master classes with the susan on how to lay a table mm. we had a lot of all this wo sab hua nahi um i i don't know uh, abhi hoga hopefully but um, it's a uh, you know so that kind of brings me to sometimes the, it's all about how much you raise it it brings me to that next point which was that it you know you also uh, while you were focused on marketing and creating content you were also trying to build a community parallelly is that sort of a fair mm. um thing to say yeah i mean everybody now is only building exactly right we were so we what were does really that actually mean that i mean for a brand like yours 
what does that mean? You know, like everyone's trying to do that. Everyone says it's a community-led product or it's a community-led brand. What does that mean? Hmm. No, so I think what people are doing today makes far more sense than what we had set out to do then because uh, we honestly, it was a very different uh, time. But I think uh, now what people are doing is when they launch a, uh, say a beauty brand they they actually call it a wellness product or and then they're really building a community and only one or two of their social media posts among 10 will really sell the product mm. right um, I do think Gauri again now it's very saturated because everybody's building a community right but um, uh, but the idea makes a lot of sense I mean glossy hair for for me is a great story of how they really build the community and the excitement and every launch and um, every product was discussed discussed a bit like how I think Taylor Swift has built um, her music right and she has her um, a fan sort of vein on every lyric and every song and things like that. So I think these are great things to do. Uh, but I think now we'll wait for the next wave, right? So every, um, I think now Influencer Marketing and Bliss Club has just killed it with uh, Influencer Marketing. So, it, you know, as has, um, you know, a lot of people with, um, I think um, sugar does it really well with your uh, makeup and I mean I've watched a video and I feel like buying contour sticks and I hardly use makeup and um, so I think that sort of um, influencer marketing will now again start taking shape in a new avatar. Um, you know, maybe seven, eight years back when we launched the brand, it was about celebrities. From celebrities, now we can see it moving to influencers. We have to wait and watch for what the next wave is. In my view, it's going to be back to old school brand, right? Uh, what I'm building next, we are attempting to focus on um, just aspiration, desire, uh, need for uh, you know how we say you didn't know you needed it mm. right um, that sort of emotion will come back again because I think there's so much now that um, there's going to be some sort of paradox of over choice mm. right because I feel like when I'm on Instagram I'm just bombarded I want everything yeah um, and for some of us who uh, not some of us most of us who don't want to also buy that kind of, uh, you know, everything. Um, again, curation will come into play. I think, again, people will uh, look at taste making. Um, but I don't mean it in a uh, luxury or premium way at all, right? I just mean it in a way that sifting through the overchoice will uh, come back. Mm. And let's see. Yeah. Inshallah, that's the new wave, but it needs to be because I think um, Instagram uh, has become a beast and Absolutely. it's not a manageable solution for your lifestyle choice anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I think of community, I felt like it was about, and this is where influencers came in, it was about relatability and lifestyle, as you said, right? So what suits your lifestyle and giving you the tools, like, you know, giving you, rather than changing your lifestyle, it was about sort of what you like and what you enjoy and now giving you the tools to sort of enhance that. Um, but you're right. I mean, there is overchoice right now and um, uh, it's definitely interesting to see how that brands are going to navigate that. Uh, but, you know, let's yeah. sort of, sorry. Uh, 
no but i like i think actually all the influencers that have come into being are um it's incredible some of their journeys and um i do feel the pandemic uh, uh really propelled a lot of uh, their businesses forward right it's um, quite something yeah so speaking it's of the study in itself speaking yeah. of the pandemic uh, you know i've i've read about you uh, and i've heard you talk about how the business went to zero revenue at one point because of course the idea of a working woman uh, sort of needing to dress up kind of went for a toss um of course when we were all working from home yeah. in our track pants um <laughs> but uh, you know how on earth did you navigate that space uh actually gori i'm clueless right um i think the couple of first couple of months uh was uh, absolute mayhem like it's something that i mean all of us you guys as well uh, we didn't know what hit us right so i think it was this a similar seven stages of grief that everybody goes through um but i think for us we had no choice very quickly um i think not i think i know what ended up happening to the label life is one we were all stunned okay two then i figured out that the guys with money in the bank were going after our people i mean i'm not being candid here it was crazy mm. okay like every day i would get a call because what ended up happening in 3 months was all the digital giants woke mm. up right uh, without naming names you all can guess uh, who but people were selling beauty and makeup and uh, things and the guys of being say health wellness etc right so we realized all these guys were like killing it i mean people grew 300% 400% um just in the pandemic right um and then what ended up realize uh, we ended up realizing that uh, there was this whole trend of it's my favorite thing to say going online i don't know what that means but uh, people used to call me and say how do i go online i mean i don't even know i'm like okay open your computer and go online like i don't get it but a lot of brands used to call us for advice saying now we want to go online now we want to go digital what does that mean okay i'll bitchiness aside gori my team seemed to be the team that people wanted to get on board because yeah. hey what is the only digital brand that you've heard of that's been there from the very beginning label life let's double the art director salary let's double the mm. peon salary i mean it was ridiculous then i was like okay i have zero revenue <laughs> i can't keep any of my people and you know i have no business and i have a lot of my money sunk in this play right um it was quite crazy and let me tell you things uh, went uh, even more south when um i actually raised uh, money from uh, a wonderful founder uh, samir bangara who mm, uh, died in a bike yeah. accident okay so i keep telling people that in my founding journey it's ridiculous i've had all twists and turns with investors and hey what one of them died mm. you know i mean when sam passed away believe it or not gori i had not even met him in person okay so it was a pandemic call uh, because we have this group that a lot of founders are part of it's called h2 um and on the h2 group uh, all of us it was very active during the pandemic and we used to say hey i want to let go of this people person but can you pay, because i can't can you hire him mm. somebody used to say look i need 100000 i will pay you this much interest it was really amazing so in that i was talking about where i'm at and uh, two guys actually harsh from dream 11 and sam from qki said hey let's talk to me 
we love the brand let's see how we can help right and uh, harsh of course was very friendly but they, we didn't find a fit but uh, sam was like you know i'll give you money how much money do you need and then he passed on me got it mm. <laughs> so i managed to keep uh, some part of my team and then this happened so i was like this is you know this is just going to but luckily he I, we had actually um, you know taken uh, about 2 cr from him and what we did during that time was we just had bought a lot of inventory and we saw that the inventory really started moving right um because yes i mean we had gone past the hump and suddenly people were shopping and mm. uh, sonam and yashika who uh, you know have been a part of my journey from the very beginning we sort of made right plays and choices in product and we realized suddenly we were seeing that uptick when i saw that uptick gori i said you know what this is a right time to sell yeah because and i'm being very candid when i say this you were talking about a baby but i had reached a place where i wanted to chuck that baby into the bathtub you know i was done i was going to i sound like a murderer but i wanted to throttle that own my own baby drown it in the bathtub <laughs> bin that and pita <laughs> yeah i a, i love a, i love a lot honesty. of people say <laughs> No, but a lot of people are like, "Oh, you sold your company. How do you feel?" I'm How like, did you let go? I'm not going to abuse. Let go. I'm not going to let go. I would have kicked it out. Oh my god! While it bled. No, I'm just kidding. So horrible to say this, but the it was that oh, particular listening. year was. A, <laughs> this is <laughs> horrible. I was just so done godly I'm yeah. so done yeah you know so when uh, you know most people the big negotiation that I did with uh, the guys who bought us was my exit you know um, which normally found they don't want founders to do um, yeah. obviously and I was like I'll take the cut but I am done you know i want to be able to see the growth of this business and i want to have a piece of it which is what i am uh, doing today but the day to day operations have just exhausted me you know mm-hmm. and if i if i continue like this i don't think i'll have it in me to do something exciting and uh, fresh and i think um i wanted to do that you know So speaking yeah. speaking of that I mean I'm uh, you know of course uh, like you explained you know when you saw an uptick you saw an opportunity and and you kind of took full advantage of that which is which is great um and you know of course congratulations again on that um but you are working on something um I know you're not one to sit idle and um you know so so uh is it is it is the entrepreneurial bug just has has it caught you again and um you know are you venturing into something similar something different what can you no, tell no, us no no something actually absolutely different um i want to also um add to this when i tell you only because people should uh know this um when i say that i didn't want to work again or i didn't want to be an employee you know most people think that founders are being uh, very egotistical when they say that but i actually think that i feared getting caught out right 
in a job because as a as a founder you've sort of done everything you know but you have never really been a domain expert or you've never really been somebody who's been uh, a specialist and really like i don't know who would give me a job i mean a lot of people would give me jobs but uh, i feel like i would get caught out quite quickly that was one um secondly i'm you know we are all finally builders and i think um, i'm very excited about starting something from scratch again um what i was though looking for or was not to start 0 to 1 but sort of start at 0.5 to 1 or something mm-hmm. you know so so this time it wasn't uh, you know a, a risk as much as it was a, i mean it'll still be a risk i mean who the of um, course everybody um, sort of has that but i wanted to just for it to be much uh, uh more comfortable so to speak um so what i'm i'm doing now and uh, is a mix of possibly um everything that i've done so far right uh, so um i have been in the content space i've been uh in the media space i've been in the celebrity marketing space and then i've been in the retail uh, sort of space so this time i'm sort of building a world of lifestyle choices uh, if that's what it could be defined as so we'll do uh, you know some day to see e-commerce uh, we'll do some um, you know events and rewards and privileges uh, i know it sounds all very suspect but we are 6 months possibly away from launch because we're building a, a product from Uh, scratch so currently you know the engineers are still working ui ux is a long way away so hopefully uh, i'll have lots more to tell you but it is in partnership with a um, very large uh, platform in the country so um, i think we'll at least have some um, you know initial success just because of the um subscriber base right um so this time around gauri i wanted to uh, you know i since i had built a, a half decent vertical play i wanted to actually build something horizontal and far bigger right so if you ask me what i want to do for the next couple of years i actually want to do, uh, build a brand that you know uh, far more than just tier 1 and tier 2 you know sort of go deeper this time and by the and i think i'm excited about uh, this time building a, a a brand that maybe a lot more people uh, will know of and um you know it's never been about horrible and i think that more women say this than men but i will still say it uh, it's never been about the money for me it's actually been more about um building brand and you know legacy is also a very big word to use but i would like to uh, build something that sort of has some staying power right yeah listen i know a lot of people are very excited to hear what you have uh, lined up so uh, thank you for sharing that and you know i have to ask you something actually this is kind of a technicality for those listening and looking to possibly exit like you did um did you sort of ever have to deal with a non compete uh, in your uh, you know exit agreement uh, absolutely there's one even now right what, now right 
Um, so that's a, you know, there are many things and um, that you have to look at in your contract when you're sort of selling, right? First of all, most people are, are uh, have to continue scaling the business or being part of the journey as they go forward, right? It, I think I'm pretty much an exception uh, to the space, but I think it was also because I had uh, two people, Yashika and Sonam, who were literally running the business you know, when I sort of exited and they have stayed back, one, mm. which I think is the most important one. Um, secondly, I don't think that, um, uh, I I don't think, no, I they were very sure that I would not be building a competing business or else then they would not be that uh, comfortable about letting me go as well, right? So I've signed a three-year clause. They had put a five-year and I negotiated down to three. Um, not because I will, but it's just I don't want to, uh, you know, be in that play. Uh, one of the most interesting things that you will learn as just being a founder when you had never read a contract, you'll be reading so many contracts that you'll sort of become a bit of a lawyer yourself. Um, but just, you know, sort of my big advice is surround yourself with other founders, right? I think in my world, I have not had a single time where I have not been able to call up another found a friend and that person has taken so much time to read through contracts or give me advice and you know for me uh, Mithun uh, Sacheti from Carrot Lane and Harish Chavla who's my angel investor you know have just been fabulous friends to call up any any time of the day and be like even you know literally loaning me money Mm. you know you need you need some of these friends slash people by your side so So, you know that actually um brings me to uh you know how we also um have sort of been seeing each other more recently as mm. part of this community called ladies who lead which you know is a, a network for um women uh, in business uh, not just founders but also um you know uh, senior women uh in in business make so, us sound like senior citizens yeah yeah <laughs> that too. Mm. um but you know I, I i think the uh fundamental aspect of that is networking and i've heard you sort of speak about the importance of networking um yeah. how should someone go about it you know and you've just talked about it as well uh in the context of being surrounded surrounding yourself with uh, by, with founders um but how should someone who's starting out go about it? And why is it, you know, so important? Um, so, uh, Gauri, this is a question I get asked all the time, right? And I really think that there is no formula to this except to keep attending things like what Ladies to Lead maybe offers. Or even um, my favorite story about uh, somebody called Devita Saraf, who is the VIEW technology CEO, is that I, I remember getting an email in my inbox from her assistant saying, um, Devita would like to meet you. And I was like, okay, but why? Since I don't know her. And she actually wrote me a very a sweet email saying, just I've read about you, seen you around, and I would love to just buy you coffee. And I was like, wow. I mean, not enough people do that. 
and yeah. I actually met her for coffee and she's a, a close acquaintance today but I thought it was so interesting that somebody would write to me and just say that right um, I have this other girl who works with Bloom Ventures today called Ria and Ria yeah. I remember wrote me an email saying and it was a long email about uh, what label life is uh, to her and where she thinks she can help, right? I've read about you, I've read about things, and I'm not saying, you know, there are people who are very focused uh, in what they want to build and then they go about uh, getting there. So it's, I'm saying you don't need to always attend conferences or meetings or you can literally write to people, right? And mm-hmm. people can respond. But I think that um, just being authentic, being yourself, I have so many people who I've met even just through Ladies Who Lead who write to me. I, You know, you make time for them because, you know, um, and I don't care about being feminist and hearing the other side of it because everybody should be feminist. But at this point, we all need to help uh, the other woman just get a seat at the table, right? And for me, when I talk about legacy, actually, that's the legacy I want to leave, right? I want to be able to say that people said, and I like it even now when people say that, oh, I gave you a call and you were very helpful or you got me. It's not because I want to be, uh, as some people call me, Baba Suki, but I actually do feel that, um, you know, this is the time where we can actually aid Gauri uh, getting, you know, that 20-year-old uh, voice or a seat at the table, and that's what we need to do. But I think 20-year-olds also need to work a bit harder, right? So uh, by working a bit harder, it's not much. Ask a question at the next uh, panel or conference. Uh, go up and say hello to someone. Um, write to somebody on social media. Inbox mm. them with something. I mean, it's not so hard. But you'll realize that a lot of people who are semi-successful or, you know, reached a place where you want to reach, most of them will talk about uh, who else helped them, um, how they got there. And you'll realize they're mostly women because, you know, men usually think it was just them who got them where they are. <laughs> Whereas I think we would like to credit um, everybody who helped us get there, right? So it's a good start. Yeah, yeah. So I think that the point is just sort of start somewhere. Don't, uh, you know, don't feel shy and um, uh, you yeah. never know what it leads to. So listen, um, you know, before I let you go today, um, it's, I, I, I sort of want to ask, and again, I know I don't think either of us are feminists, but we happen to both be women. Um, what would your message be to women entrepreneurs? Um, it, it's, it's always the same. Just start. You know, when everybody says, how do you do it? You just have to start. And I think um, that's just... Uh, the message to most uh, women and I, I, I don't know whether this is going to be too uh, deep or is it too frivolous I also feel um, I wish a lot more women didn't quit because they had a baby or got married um, I mean just try not to do it um, just as a life uh, goal tell your daughters tell your sisters tell your team members even if they don't like you very much I don't see why pay- women quit uh, jobs. I don't see why people go to college and then decide that they want to uh, only bring up a baby. It makes no sense. And women should stop saying, I quit because I was bringing up a baby or I took a break because I was bringing up, up a baby. Just stop. I know it sounds mm-hmm. very stern and hard, but stop. 
just stop. That is very sound advice. I completely agree with you. Um, but listen, it's uh, we need we need stern advice like that in our lives, and um, uh, and I know a lot of women look up to you, and you've mentored tons of women. So um, for anyone listening, I'm sure you can figure out a way to reach Preeta and um, you know uh, pick her brains. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Listen, thank you so much. I loved, I loved listening to the story, and um, and I wish you all the bestest, bestest, bestest of luck and with I your venture. Thank you so much. You'll you'll thank know about you. it because I'm coming to you for help. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. See Bye. you. Thanks, girl. I love chatting with Preeta today for her no-nonsense way of calling it and the honesty of how she's not only built a fantastic brand but also her network and surrounded herself with strong supporters and mentors. There was so much for me to learn and I hope you too enjoyed tuning in today. New episodes will be out every other Wednesday. This show is sponsored by Ladies Who Lead, a members-only platform for female leaders who are pushing beyond the glass ceiling and driving impact for their communities. Find out more on www.ladieswholead.in. Follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. Do provide us with a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as it helps us reach more people. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm at Gauri Devidyal on Instagram and LinkedIn and at Gauri Details on Twitter.